Welcome to Beretta Fleur Du Jour, a podcast where we explore our life experience. Where are you in your experience today? Hello and welcome to another edition of Beretta Fleur Du Jour. I'm your host, Beretta Fleur. If you're not familiar with my work, I am an author, podcaster, and confidence coach, and I help people and entrepreneurs, just like you, lead happier, more successful, more fulfilling lives, and I do that through coaching, content, and storytelling. It is a beautiful spring day here in Texas. I hope you're doing well in your corner and time wherever you are. Good to be here with you as always. Today is kind of a springing off of my last episode, Social Media Detox. If you haven't heard that episode, please go back and give it a listen if you'd like. Part of that research and kind of hiatus that I took from social media was interesting because during that time I did some research on dopamine and serotonin and the effects of kind of social media on those neurotransmitters in your body and really found out some interesting stuff. I can link some of my findings in the show notes. This episode is more about food relationships and finding out kind of what sort of thing mentally is going on with us when we look at our food relationships. Are they healthy or do they need some work? So let's go ahead and delve in. I'm going to first go into a little bit about kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about food relationships and a little bit of my findings there. If I have any resources for you, I will link them in the show notes. Next, I want to do a little bit of an exercise with you on your food relationships and anything that needs some revamping in your life. And third, I want to invite you to do and explore kind of a menu eating reset with me. So let's get started. So what are we talking about when we talk about food relationships? Well, I wrote a blog post not too long ago because I, and I don't want to out anybody or make anybody feel bad, but I have noticed sometimes with certain groups of people that I've been in contact with over the years, um, there tends to be a little bit of talk about, you know, oh, I can't eat this or I can't eat that or, oh, look at me, I've gotten so fat. Just kind of noticed generally as people get together and maybe this is women, but that could just be my experience, that we tend to kind of focus on, you know, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that or I should be doing this or I want to do this when we talk about food. So I just wanted to kind of delve into that a little bit. So I did a blog post on it, and I will link it in the show notes, but it really makes me kind of sad because I feel like food should be this joyous, beautiful experience where it should bond us and bring us closer together. It should fuel our bodies, and it should be enjoyable, but sometimes it's just not. So <laughs> let me first... um go into some of my findings. So when I went on my social media detox back in December, my husband and I just started, it was like a a switch flipped for us. 
And we just started eating really, really healthy food. And when I say healthy food, it's fruits and vegetables with way more vegetables than fruit and lean protein and a little bit of dairy. And it wasn't really like we're going on a diet. It wasn't like that. It was weird. It was just all of a sudden, I was just over it. I was over what we had been eating. I was over feeling sluggish. I just, I needed a reset. I don't particularly love keto or the idea of keto. I don't like high fatty fat, fat foods. <laughs> I just, they, they, I was vegan for seven years at one point in my life. I really just don't like the whole idea of like tons of fat and meat and cheese and well, I love cheese, but, um, just, it just didn't appeal to me. So in whole 30, I read a little bit about it and it was like food prison. It was like, you can't have anything. <laughs> so for us, what we started doing was really just like I said, lean protein, regular protein, you know, not a ton of red meat at all. What happened was he has lost 20 pounds and I have lost 15 pounds, making my weight loss journey since I started a whole fitness thing a couple years ago to 30 pounds total, which is weird. I see myself every day and it's not like it's happening like immediately all at once always, but that's kind of a big deal. And I feel like a lot of people have fitness goals and have healthier eating goals. And I feel like I want to explore that and explain to you kind of how that came about for me. So maybe it will help you or somebody, you know, get into a healthier food relationship and get into a healthier lifestyle and meet some sort of goal. So that's kind of my whole point of doing this podcast episode. I also want to look at healthy eating relationships and food relationships in our families, whether that's growing up or our current households. So if you are currently living with a household or a partner, that might be something that interests you. If not, I apologize. It'll be brief. I just did want to touch on that. So my findings while I was detoxing from social media was I read up on dopamine and serotonin. And um, as I said in the last episode, dopamine um, is a neurotransmitter or chemical messenger used by your nervous system to get your nerve cells to talk to each other. It's responsible for how you feel pleasure and affects many parts of your behavior and your body functions, including your heart rate, blood pressure, kidney function, pain processing, mood, and attention span. This can also be linked to what signals your brain to know when your stomach is full when you are eating, which is a key factor linked to obesity, which really got me thinking about dopamine and serotonin and kind of my food relationships and what was going on. To be honest, I feel like detoxing from social media was a huge factor to getting me back into the realm of listening to my body, but also stopping my body from sending out those weird false dopamine signals. So kind of a big moment for me when I realized social media was making me fat. 
<laughs> Not really, but kind of. So then um, as far as serotonin goes, serotonin is another chemical messenger or neurotransmitter responsible for carrying signals between neurons. But serotonin helps with mood and memory. But the big thing is it can largely be found in your gut, not your brain. So serotonin is huge in the sense of your whole GI tract, as well as your sense of well-being and your sleep. And quality and quantity of sleep is huge when it comes to being able to maintain a healthy weight. In detoxing from social media, my body started kind of readjusting itself to what it's supposed to be doing. And, and it was like learning how to talk to itself again. It was weird. Um, so for me, what happened was I started paying attention to the foods that I was putting into my body. And I just thought, this is gross. Like, this isn't good. Why do I want all these carbs? It was weird. I didn't want them anymore. I wouldn't have believed this from somebody, you know, months ago, but I could care less about pizza. I don't care about bread. I don't want bread. I want a salad. If somebody had told me this on a podcast, honestly, I'd be like, oh, stop. Like, it's one of those one weird trick things. <laughs> but I just, I, and I'm not selling anything. I'm anything that you're getting in this podcast, you're getting for free. So it's, it's not anything I'm selling. It's just my experience and what happened. I think it has a lot to do with detoxing from social, but also mentally examining my food relationships. So what I want to do with you now is to do a little exercise with looking at your food relationships and what's going on with you mentally and emotionally when it comes to eating. So we're going to do a little exercise. Now this exercise is two parts, so just bear with me a little bit longer than what we usually do. And I want you to kind of be aware of and present with the emotional response that you feel when you interact with food and when you're eating. You might have more than one food. So if you just take a few minutes and do this exercise with maybe a couple different examples, um, you'll probably get the most out of this. So first, I want you to think about what are your favorite foods? When you think about your favorite foods or what you would love to eat if you could eat anything in the world, what are some of your favorite foods that you love to eat? Next, I want you to think about when you think about your favorite foods, how do they make you feel as you're consuming them? Are you excited to eat them? Do they taste good? Do they remind you of your family? Now I want you to picture that you've just eaten your favorite foods and maybe it's in a restaurant or maybe you're at home or maybe you're with your family. How do you feel after you've eaten them? And I'm talking about emotionally, but I'm also talking about physically. So how do you feel after you eat your favorite foods? Next, I want you to think about when was the last time that you ate some of your favorite foods and how often do you eat them? 
And finally, I want you to think about what was going on the last time that you ate your favorite food? What was going on with you mentally and emotionally the last time you had or you ate some of your favorite foods? So for the second part of this exercise, now that you've thought about your favorite foods, how they make you feel thinking about them, how they make you feel eating them, and then how you feel afterward, I want you to think about what are the eating habits of you and your family? Generally, are you cooking a lot? Are you going out to eat? Are you planning? Are you meal planning? What is your kind of plan of attack? And what are the habits that you have as a family or just as yourself when it comes to eating? How important is eating and meal planning and that whole thing in your family? So in this exercise, I'm wondering if you uncovered some sort of uncomfortable, weird stuff with food as far as either emotions that you encounter when you're eating or when you're thinking about food or maybe after you've had food that you would normally indulge in as one of your favorites or looking at how you relate to food in your daily life, how you treat it. Is it a social thing or is it fuel? And when we look at all of these aspects, what I hope to do is equip you with some tools so that you can be more mindful of your relationship with food and also make space in your life for fine tuning those maybe unhealthy food habits and food relationships in your life. When we look at our relationships with food and just our food relationship in general, we have to look at how it makes us feel because that is going to be 90% of why we reach for food. And it will be a huge deciding factor in what we decide to eat and what we put in our bodies, which is interesting because food is fuel. And what should be dictating what we put into our bodies is what our bodies physically need. So putting emotion into eating is kind of a double-edged sword. We're meant to be in community and we're meant to be, you know, people that enjoy meals together. But when we put the actual enjoyment on the eating of the food itself, it can be pretty detrimental and lead to bad decisions and ultimately bad habits because a habit is really only one decision being made over and over and over and our comfort level with making that decision increases. So if in the exercise that you found you had very, very strong emotions being attached to your experience with that favorite food, 
I want you to think about why that was happening because chances are it probably wasn't because, oh, I'm eating this and I love eating it because it's so good for me. And if that was happening to you, great. You are awesome. (laughs) You are leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of us. But for most of us, it's because food, for whatever reason, has some sort of physical rush because it's got sugar in it or it's comforting because it's something we grew up with and it reminds us of our parents, you know, a, a fun experience that we would all have together. It reminds us of good warm, exciting times, or it reminds us of a celebration or, you know, drinking a glass of wine means we're celebrating because life is good and we're happy. But is the actual act of sitting down and drinking that glass of wine or having that piece of pizza or eating that slice of cake, is that really recreating that experience for us? Or is it just a placeholder for something that we wish we were experiencing? Are we reaching out for that food or that meal or that drink because we're really wanting connection? We're really wanting community. We're really wanting a positive, pleasurable, fun, relaxing experience. What can happen is that not just in times where we would normally experience that sort of food or drink, We start seeking out that food and drink or that type of food and drink when we're experiencing emotions that are negative or sad that we don't want to deal with. We're kind of self-soothing, as it were, (laughs) with our food choices. You know, I don't want to be sad. I want to drink a glass of wine and relax because... Normally when I'm drinking a glass of wine and relaxing, I'm not thinking about how I want to quit my job or thinking about how what somebody said hurt my feelings. I'm out with my friends and we're celebrating in my favorite restaurant. So a lot of times we're using food to self-soothe and that's not always the best and most healthy choice for us. So that's something to look at when we look at our food relationships. If there's a strong emotional tie of comfort or happiness or joy or togetherness with that food experience, we might be wanting to step into the work and do a little bit of work on maybe I should instead be looking for that fulfillment in people, in experiences, rather than in a particular food choice. Now, Conversely, if thinking about your favorite foods or any food for that matter, um, especially after you've eaten them, if it brought up negative feelings such as anxiety or anger or shame or frustration or worry, or if you felt sick, that's also something to look at and to address. I was watching this documentary and warning, like so super sad, um, called Emma Wants to Live. And it's a documentary that this girl Emma filmed as she was struggling with and ultimately being bested by her struggle with anorexia. And there's no words for it except for it is utterly devastating. And I'll link it below. 
um, just be warned that it's devastating, especially if you have kids. I have young nieces that are of the same sort of age, and it's just so sad. You know, the courage of this young lady to want to share and document the final days of her life as she struggled with this disease. What struck me about Emma and her experience um, was how hyper-focused she was on food um, to the point where she had to know details as far as like if somebody was preparing food for her or tea, like what was in it, what temperature was the water, you know, how many leaves were in the tea or how many spoonfuls of whatever. It was almost OCD-like the way they were describing it just a need to control it so much. It was just, it really impressed upon me the different responses and reactions that we have to food and our relationship with food. So if food is giving you anxiety on that level, please understand that you're not alone because a lot of people deal with that, but also that that deserves some work and some space in your life and in your head to address those anxieties and address those feelings so that you can fully enjoy your experience with food and it is not something that controls you or in any way makes you live an unhealthy lifestyle. In my blog post about food relationships, I went into habits and I said, there aren't any unhealthy foods, really only unhealthy habits. And what I mean by that is if you're doing something repeatedly, it's either going to have a long-term negative effect for you or positive long-term effect for you. For example, if you're tanning out in the sun all the time, you're going to get wrinkles and sunspots. If you're putting on sunscreen, you're moisturizing your skin, and you're being cautious, you're not going to have those issues with wrinkles and sunspots. Both are habits, and both are having long-term effects, both positive and negative, and one could actually eventually lead to skin cancer. So when I talk about habits, I'm talking about creating small habits that in the long term really give you a good return and a positive lifestyle. I do want to address healthy eating habits and family. And that's really rough because if you're sharing a home or even if you're alone, but you have kind of this tribe of people that you go out with, the choices that the people around you make can heavily sway your eating habits. And that's going to be tricky if you're looking to make changes in your life or you're looking to explore and address certain things in your life. In episode two, Boundaries of the Bitch, <laughs> I talk about, um, there's an illustration from the Boundaries book by Cloud and Townsend of when you make changes in your life, you're, it's like you're on a mobile. Your little mobile piece kind of gets hit. It spins everything else in your life out of control. The same is true if you're trying to make healthy changes or changes to your normal regular eating habits. If you share a household and you're cooking for your kids or you're cooking for your partner or your partner's cooking for you or whatever, it's going to kind of upset the apple cart. So just kind of be prepared 
that that might be something that you have to deal with, please feel free to just DM me or email me, BerettaFleur at iCloud.com. I am here for you guys. I do offer coaching sessions one-on-one, but I, if it's like a situation where you're like, ah, help, do you have a second? Absolutely. Please know that I'm in your corner and I would always be happy to be a shoulder to cry on or, you know, an outside perspective that can kind of give you a little bit of insight (laughs) into what's going on with you. Um, You're not alone. You're never alone. I am always in your corner. So if something's going on with that, with your household, please feel free to drop me a line and get in touch. I would love, love, love to help you with that. So the final part of this podcast, I want to challenge you. I did a January kind of reset challenge for my blog readers, and I want to link to it below in my show notes. And I want to encourage you, even though it was a January reset, I really want to encourage you to partake in it. If you don't have any meal planning or healthy habits going on in your household, that would be a good first step for you because it's not all about meal planning, but it does start to lead you down the path of integrating more vegetables into your diet and really putting more forethought into the kind of meals that you're preparing at home and getting you slowly into those habits. If you're able to do that January reset with me, that I think would be helpful in forming a healthy sort of mindset toward meal planning for you. If you're interested in going into more of a deeper dive, I actually have a blog post that I'm currently making that will have recipes in addition to a shopping list and a sort of bunch of different meals that you can choose from that happen to be very low carb, very high on the sort of vegetable, lean protein sort of side. If you don't eat protein, if you're, you know, vegetarian or vegan, I'm sure you can figure out a way to substitute those things and you're probably really healthy anyway. You might just have a problem with, you know, more emotional eating. Finally, I'm going to ask you to keep a food journal, and that's going to be a emotional sort of document as far as emotional attachments that you have for different meals, and I'm going to ask you to do that for one solid week. Every single meal that you eat, even if it's just a little notes app on your phone, um, I can also create a little... Uh, food notes journal page that I will link for you in the show notes and on my blog. Um, If you want to print it out and be kind of fancy with it, um, you'll be able to do that. But basically, I want to have you get in touch with what different foods you're eating and your emotional reactions. So you're going to be able to figure out, I was stressed out at work. I had three Oreos. I was anxious and worried about something that happened at work or I was I got in a fight with my partner and I didn't feel like eating. So you're going to kind of keep a food journal that has strictly to do with emotions involved with how you're eating and what you're eating and your eating habits. So those are going to be three things that you can do. You can do the January reset, you can do the meal plan and the recipes and all that or and you can also do the food journal. 
So I want to leave you with this thought. If your habits are bad right now, if you're not happy with your food relationship right now, or if you uncovered something that's really just kind of worried you, or if you're just feeling overwhelmed with not being sure that you can change your habits and you can really make a difference in the way that you're relating with food, it's a journey and it's not going to happen overnight. So don't expect it to. Be patient with yourself. Be gentle with yourself and understand that this is going to be a step-by-step process and you are not going to give up your nightly glass of wine. I mean, you don't ever have to give up your nightly glass of wine if you don't want to, but if you want to, you're not going to be able to do that just one day randomly. It's going to be baby steps and you want it to be baby steps. And the reason why you want it to be baby steps is because that will be a lasting lifestyle change and a habit, and it will be just as strong as your former habits. So if you're expecting to all of a sudden eat, you know, in a different way than you've been eating for years and expect it to stick, don't expect it to stick if you don't take the time to build it up, it's like a muscle. So, (laughs) and the more thoroughly you make these changes by doing the mental work, as well as the physical changes to what you're eating, the more you will create a different mentality and the more you will heal your relationship with food and make it functional instead of dysfunctional. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Beretta Fleur Du Jour now offers confidence coaching, one-on-one experiences to help you reach your goals and live your dream life. For more information, go to berettafleur.com slash coaching to get your free quiz.